second time flawless for episode 084 for those that didn't join us before the bit we before we started recording it's been chaos we usually do a tight 30 right is that generally so i'm gonna need this to be like a tight 10 maybe 10 maybe 15 tight 15 can we do a tight 15 because zelda came out and it's really all i care about I'm barely here, I just have to say. I, I almost didn't show up today. I almost called Hemispheric Views HR today and called in sick. Almost. It was very close. Because I almost had, quote, food poisoning, you know? Because that happens. It, it, you don't know. I'm always confused when these Hemispheric Views departments come up because you often refer to HR, Jason, like they're someone else, but you're the one who has done the performance reviews. So are you actually talking to yourself? Well, we don't know. Um, I like to keep a, a kind of a bit of mystique amongst the departments. It's kind of our, part of our culture. It's like here. severance. You never actually see them or know where they are. You never really know who's in charge, who's doing what, but things just keep getting done somehow. So when you walk out into your hallway, do you just get lost in your own house and there's nothing on the walls and you have no clue what the hell's going on or who you are? <laughs> Most days, but I think that's probably for other reasons. He walks past uh, Valerie holding a cat sometimes and she just looks at him and says, They're not ready yet! Meow! No. We talked about the HR department. We also have our international logistics and shipping department. Has this topic got anything to do with that? Vaguely, somehow. I'm not sure. Um, a little bit. It's more of just a PSA. Uh, those, those longtime listeners know that we all are on micro.blog. Um, we've been there for a while. We love it. It's a great little community. Uh, we're having... Um, there is another micro camp coming up, which, so this show will come out the day before the next micro camp starts, which is perfect. So beautiful in the U S it'll be Thursday and then it starts on Friday at the micro camp does. So I just wanted to sneak in one extra little plug there that if you haven't signed up, I don't imagine there's any reason why you couldn't, if you're hearing this, when this comes out. Um, and if you fill out the little form and put an address in there, you'll get, um, the sticker for this micro camp. Uh, every micro camp has had a themed sticker design for it. And this one is no different. So get in there, sign up, and um, <laughs> I will send you, a, I will be sending you a sticker because I have all of the stickers with me. So and you there can you literally go. go to micro.camp in your browser. Yeah, after the first one, when the first sticker that I designed for the first one said micro.camp, but the domain wasn't actually owned. <laughs> so we had to do a quick flip and take out the dot. But then the, we got the domain. So now micro.camp does work. So there you go. But um, yeah, the new sticker looks great. I love it. I'm very happy with it. So if you want one, go to micro.camp, sign up, watch the cool talks, and get yourself a cool sticker. Can I derail this slightly? I want to move something up in the topic pool just here, given that it's actually linking to what you just said. We've only ever done one live podcast, but I feel like we kind of accidentally did a split up live podcast in the Discord. Hashtag oh I made this channel last night. So this is last night relative to our recording. This will be released later. Look, I think this was fantastic. I also want to say that I'm proud and slightly sorry for maybe having started it. We were talking about Eurovision and stuff, which I can see is something I'm going to talk about in a second as well. And I threw in something which was an explanation of Australia's love for Eurovision. And then Andrew said that I basically sounded like an ethnic GPT. I interpreted that as like a bit of a woggy text generator. I cracked up on my lounge as I read this. And then I threw in a ridiculous phrase in Macedonian which uh, I think my dad used to say quite a bit as a bit of a joke, which was which is, hello, may I smoke? Andrew was confused. I was trying to be a textbook. And then from there, Andrew went, oh my God, you can actually send audio recordings to each other. 
in Discord. I had seen this before, like what you have in iMessage, but never really thought to use it. Well, the floodgates open, you know, Andrew's singing, he's stumbling, he's making mistakes. He pronounced equator as Ecuador. I don't know if that's part of equatorial oh. or Ecuador, which is not related mm-hmm. to the equator, but you know, probably near or underneath it. I don't know. It just went off. And then we had, I couldn't believe it, Hemispherians contributing their own audio recordings. So I think this was actually quite a, a nice way of having a bit of a community shared podcast fragment session. Anyway, thanks to everyone who participated. And if you're not on the Discord, you can participate in this silliness as much as you like. One of the things I liked about it was that we started singing. I think it was Sarah that started singing. And then I took the next line. Now, what I want to say, this is a great idea. I want to see the entire Hemispheric Views community singing a song, everybody contributing one line at a time. I think it went something along the lines of, Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Martin. I'm pretty satisfied just leaving it at that, actually. I don't think I need to contribute. Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> it, I'll say that in other it, words. It was, it was quite the uh, Discord explosion to wake up to, I will say. Um there was a lot of messages in there, a lot of voice. Mm. Uh, and somebody had mentioned that they didn't know that this had existed and they were apologizing to me specifically for having this happen. Um, yeah, this has been a thing for, for months. And when it first got launched, I I was a bit worried, to, to be perfectly uh, honest. And I just sort of accidentally forgot to mention that it was a feature. <laughs> I'm sure it was an accident. But you found it. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I totally meant to tell everyone, but it just slipped my mind. So um, now you know. So I expect there will probably be a lot more voice recordings in our Discord. We also have our One Prime Plus members channel in there. Need to welcome some One new- OnePrimePlus.com. We need to welcome some new One Prime Plusians to the fold. They are Rob K and Vincent R. Thank you very much for your devoted listening and now your membership. And by the time this episode is out, people who are part of One Prime Plus will have the long-promised, much-delayed hemispheldic news in their mm. inbox. You know the people want it. That's right. This is a member's newsletter entirely from me, which, look, there was a poll on Discord. People wanted it. I said, no, no, look, I couldn't possibly. Then very quickly changed my mind and said, that's exactly what the people want. Um, and look, I'm happy to provide it. So, Everyone who has already received it, I hope you've enjoyed it. For people who have, uh, for people who haven't received it because they're not members, there's a motivation. You want to hear more from Martin, albeit in written form that takes longer to consume. What a sales pitch. It's there for you. Well, thank you, Rob K. Vincent R. Much appreciated as always. Thank you to all the carryover One Prime Plusians as well for your ongoing and continued support. Recognizing the new ones, Rob and Vincent, but also a little thank you to all those who have been there for a long time now we love you we adore you we appreciate you we honor you we recognize you we value you andrew has pulled out his thesaurus for this segment i was gonna ask is there anything else we do for it no just is that we admire you we are devoted to you we are uh, i was gonna go into somewhere inappropriate then just move to the next segment just stop okay perfect we had some singing courtesy of me I also want to just add on a little bit more singing and then we're going to go into a theme tune. Okay. So guys, really important question for you right here. Have you ever done anything like this before? Have you ever done anything like this before? Now that sucks. (laughs) That absolutely sucked. Yeah. It was not, that wasn't the best I've ever. So let's flip it to a theme tune that doesn't suck. Now, Media Corner. <laughs> okay, that was Media Corner theme tune. It's a classic. That theme tune produced by 
Voyager's own Alex Canyon, who is absolutely smashing it on voice and backup vocals for Voyager as they perform Promise live at Eurovision. As we record, they have gone through the semi-final elimination into the grand final of Eurovision, Australia's own Voyager. These boys and girl, Simone, have hit the big time. Guys, this is so, so huge. To Like tomorrow morning, 3 a.m. Perth time, 5 a.m. Wollongong time, who knows what time in Portland, Voyager will be performing in the grand final of Eurovision. This is massive. It's huge. Get behind them. It's too late for anybody who's listening to this, too late for you to vote. So I hope you voted for number 15. Jason, you're the only one of us three who can vote. Also, we have to clarify almost like SBS style that the telecast has already happened by the time that people listen to this. So the instruction of your time is then in the past. So grab a time machine and go back or watch it on demand on whatever service you've looked at. And look- they could have won the whole thing. Maybe they came close by the time this goes out. So whatever happens, or rather, whatever happened, well done, Voyager. Well done, Alex. We believe in you. Live in the moment, Jason, you can vote for Voyager tomorrow. They only open the voting window for a small period of time, so you need to be tuned in, you need to be watching. Your vote, I love this about Eurovision, so we can vote, all the European nations vote as the nation of their, who they are. Australia can vote for any other nation but not Australia, and our vote is recognised as an Australian vote. Jason, because you are in a, the USA, your vote is just rest of the world, which I think is an absolutely wonderful reconfiguration of global geopolitics because so often it's USA, USA, number one. No, you're just rest of the world now. <laughs> But you can still vote. And we but still- doesn't that actually support the American kind of stereotypical geopolitical view that they are the world outside of Europe? No, but they're just, ah, oh. yeah, but they're clumped in with other like Micronesian nations, you know, India, Why? Why Asia. are you ragging on Micronesia? <laughs> <laughs> just rest Anyone of Micronesian the world. Anyone Micronesian who's listening, Jason and I love you. Andrew has the issue. Please direct anything to the NBL Pocket Podcast if you have Micronesian compliance. Yeah, I'm just sitting here being country attacked. Don't worry about me. But listen to this song. Go and go on YouTube and watch their performance. The grand final performance will be up on YouTube. Their semi-final performance is up on YouTube. It was flawless. Well, I don't know about the grand final. I'm hoping that'll be flawless. But the semi-final was flawless. It was a brilliant performance. If you don't you don't even have to like the style of music. It's a banging song. Get into it. And also he's my nephew. I see a basketball and a big face in my notes. What do we got here? Yeah, yeah. So, look, good news about Eurovision. Um, bad news is, now this is it, this is all very serious. I've lost my job, guys. Not good. My contract expires on 30th of June, so I am... Not this job. No, no, Hemisphere is just pushing on. Just so everyone's clear, like, we didn't fire him. He's still going to be I'm here, working. so the singing will continue. I'm working with HVHR. Yeah. Ooh, HVHR. That's pretty good, like isn't that. it? Yeah. That's a good one. Um, so, look, there's two avenues I can go down here. We, we can either advertise the absolute crap out of One Prime Plus to the point where it's generating sufficient revenue for me to pay my mortgage, or I go and get another job. Okay, so... So I think that's the that's the only two options we have. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking really it's pro- realistically I've got a, a month, six weeks to go. I'm going to have to find another job in that period of time. So here's my here's my I, what I've done. I've I'm doing all the normal things. I'm putting my CV in, writing cover letters, doing selection criteria for jobs, applying like a madman. All these different things that. Maybe good, maybe not, but I'm just putting my name out there. But I thought, what else can you do these days? It's been a while since I've applied for a job. Maybe I can generate a social media campaign for myself. Mm. So I've created, I loaded Canva. I've created some panels and I've been putting them up on social media. I was like, hey, I'm ready to work. What's a Canva? Is that a job thing? (laughs) Canva is a, it's like Photoshop for dummies. 
Oh, okay. So that's where this 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 yellow face picture yeah. came from. Yeah, it's a, it's a web-based design app, basically with templates and works really well. A lot of people use it. Actually, originated in Perth. There's a whole story to that, but yeah, started in Perth. Oh well, then it's no good. I'm sorry, I retract that. <laughs> yeah, some unicorn <laughs> company. So, oh, that's the yellow. Then the yellow is the high vis. They only allow you to use high vis colors in Canva. And if you look at the panels that Andrew has created, because he's got the business vibe with a suit or at least like a button up kind of thing happening with a collar, he is legally supposed to, according to WA, have a high vis element mm. somewhere. Yeah. In the image. Yeah. So you said panels. Are there, I'm only seeing one of them. Is there, is there more than one? Yes. Yeah, so only one has been released at this stage, which is the quite, it's, this oh. is the opening statement, right? This is me. Oh, it's like trading cards. These are like Andrew Canyon trading it cards. Is, so keep an eye out for them. I like it. So, should I? So this one says, I'm ready to work. Let's talk. AndrewCanyon.com slash CV. Mm-hmm. Management consultant, podcaster, basketball commentator. See, a bit of everything going on there. Interesting that you went with AndrewCanyon.com slash CV instead of Canyon.blog slash <laughs> That was coming. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I mean, it's a toss-up. Both are pretty SEO heavy, <laughs> so you know. I'm just, yeah, okay. Maybe the next one. Maybe the next uh, panel. So these are the next two. Right? I'll, I'll drop them into the sh- the note. I'll drop one into the show note now. Ooh, right? Sneak peek. So you guys got to oh, talk me through this. I changed it a little bit. Okay, it's loading into Craft. I need to know whether you guys think these are good or whether I should maybe back off on them. Right. So this for next one, I've gone with the now because I'm ready to work. I've put that as a stamp, right? Ready to work. It's very stamp looking. Yes. And, and the, and the tagline this time is deep thinking, clear communicating. I'm ready to work. You know, like see what, see what I'm doing here. Mm. Okay. I, I see it. Uh, You'll like this next one. See if I can get get this in here. Is it working? I just don't know if this is the right audience for real, actual, good feedback in this area. Well, this is, this is, I think this is fun. Like, I'm trying to make my unemployment an enjoyable activity. Mm. And okay. I'm going to have nothing but time. So, showing my, showing my mix of skills. Okay, definitely, definitely not that one. Definitely not that not one. Not this one? So... Probably because of the spelling would be wrong for you. This one says product. Oh, actually, Martin, can you read it out, please? Productivity nerd. Let's optimize. And then kind of like you can imagine a stamp has come out with a hand and put it at the top left and it says ready to work. Now, it's like I got one more. I got one more that I've worked up. And at this point, I was starting to run out of ideas. Wow. Okay. This is definitely a campaign. He's got images pouring out of folders here. Yeah. Okay. So here's the last one. Forget Eurovision. We're going to have to have a vote for these probably. Yeah, listeners, check the artwork, check the show notes because you'll be missing out if you don't have the visual accompaniment here. Oh, my God. Here we go. He's Wait for this, listeners. I'm supposed to read it, am I? Yeah. No, Jason can do it because yeah, he's no, got I'd... the accent that matches the movie. That's a good point. Yeah, he does. It just says, oh, boy, this, you can't use this. this I is think just this not is the best one. Thing you can... <laughs> No one will get it. <laughs> but if they do, it if says, they do, the job is mine, right? That's true. That's true. You are banking on like the 1% of the 1% getting this. It does say TPS reports. Did you get the memo? <laughs> I like it. I would hire you for that, but I'm not paying it's very edgy. much. So. See, this is the question. It's edgy. Is it too edgy? Am I taking the piss just a little bit too much? Like, because I am actually looking for work. A little bit of piss. But can you have a little fun with it? Yeah. Probably not in the areas that you work in. Hmm. I don't know if fun is allowed inside of spreadsheets. Martin? Can I get away with it? No. Damn it. (laughs) It's funny. I'll give you that. I think it's fantastic. But uh, if you were, okay, if you were to pay for mm. a LinkedIn advertising account and you yep. were to target various people according to their interest, assuming that LinkedIn targeting would actually line up with a movie like Office Space, which has this TPS reports reference, yep. then maybe you could do it. 
But uh, if you did a mix, I think it could go in there. But if it were the only one, I don't think it would work. Okay. All right. So that's my campaign that I've worked up so far. Okay. Okay. I'm putting these Mm -hmm. out there. If anybody seriously wants to employ me, (laughs) please. I'd actually like to, if we have an extra two minutes here, uh, I'd like to go in a little bit more. Let's call this business corner Andrew's employment edition. How about that? Because I kind of like the irony here that we have a business consultant who's consulting us for our advice about his business. And I can't actually see that we're charging by time here. So I think we're being ripped off here, Jason. But out of the kindness of my heart, I will continue. Andrew, how would you sum up your brand? Um, What's your value to an organization? I'm, I feel so uncomfortable. I feel like I'm in I a do, weird I do too as well. I, I feel like I can, I can connect with individuals at a one-to-one level, but also okay, I, I, I no, can no, step back I'm, and I'm I can analyze for, a business. Uh, I can understand okay, hold up. This is This is LinkedIn language that I don't want to hear. Oh, okay. Right. All right. Sorry. You're basically giving me the business equivalent of like an astrology horoscope. It's like, oh, that's me. Jupiter lines up with my Uranus too. Like what? <laughs> All right. So, what do you want from me? If you don't want the LinkedIn talk, what do you want? You're right, Adam Lambert. Um, I just want to know, what's your brand? My brand is I'm a good person. Yeah. What do you offer? I'm a good person. I'm trustworthy. Okay, that's a good start. I'm reliable. I'm I'm sometimes fun to be around. Mm-hmm. And I can- What are your skills? My skills are broad. I can do a range of different things. So, I can do, I can do spreadsheets and analysis- I can do strategic thinking. I can also load Canva and do this and then optim- and then edit and produce your podcast. So very broad and diverse. So would you call yourself a business generalist with relevant modern creative skills? Oh Martin, that is just solid gold. I hope you co- I hope you copy Damn. that. Put that on your Canva. If I can throw in some highly obnoxious uh let's say I don't know, branding advice here. I think, and now we're going to go too much into the whole uh, must crush capitalism area. Something that I find a bit annoying in modern society is that we're all supposed to be specialists, right? You've got to fill your niche. You've got to do this particular thing well, because that's how you become the cog in the system. You need to be a generalist, okay? And AI stuff replacing humans aside, You've got to sell yourself as a generalist because that's what human beings are. We have multiple skills. We exist on a spectrum. No one fits into one box exactly. So I think if you can sell yourself as a person with many skills, many different experiences, a crossover between the business and the creative, that's when luck will come your way. And I'm aware that I sound kind of uh, bizarre and interviewee at the moment, but look, I think you need to sell the broadness of the Canyon brand it's better to be a jack of all trades than a master of something. Wow. Because if you're a master of something, that specific machine will replace you. Can I engage you as my agent at this point? Sports people have agents to find them a job. All right. Can you find me a job, <laughs> Martin? Just, just go out and sell me the way you just sold me then. This is where I think you need a video because right here- I mean, what's different about putting this in a post than, you know, from people just seeing your profile image on LinkedIn? It just grabs your attention because of the high vis. Um, okay, so I need a video. Let me just try it. Let me, let but me. without being obnoxious, okay? okay. And, okay. and don't do it while you're in your car talking about inspirational messages about something you read inspo. in the Warren Buffett report or something. No, no inspo. No. I'll unfollow you. I'll I disconnect. Don't. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'll disconnect. I'm still dying to know what happens when you disconnect from someone on LinkedIn, but for another day. Hi, I'm Andrew Canyon. For the last, gosh, almost 10 years, I've been providing consulting services to hundreds of Western Australian companies. Those companies have seen their productivity, their performance, and their profitability increase dramatically. Okay, but money is only one element of the story. What it's about, it's about human connection. It's about getting people on the same page, working together and feeling happy to come into work. That's part of what I deliver for companies. But you know what? It's more than just that. I've got a broad and diverse history. I've worked in politics. I do some IT stuff on the side. I produce a podcast. 
such an extraordinarily diverse range of skills. And you know what else? I can use a spreadsheet. I am ready and able to work for your business to take it to the next level in whatever capacity you think might best fit my particular skill set. I would love to talk about my skills and how I can help you. So let's do that. Let's talk. AndrewCanyon.com slash CV. Did you get that memo? (laughs) You know what, Jason? I feel like we just walked into a trap. I think this is part of the campaign that Andrew is doing and he's just linking to this chapter of the podcast from LinkedIn. So I think I might do that actually. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what just happened. Well played. I think it's going to be great when he releases the episode and it's just that part and nothing else. (laughs) Everything else is just cut. (laughs) Now, speaking of spreadsheets, uh, Jason, have you been using any spreadsheets on your MacBook Pro? No, I have not. Well, I mean, a couple, but nothing fancy, really. Um, No, I was going to do a quick drive-by of Laptop Corner. So I think we had Laptop Corner last time. We're not going to stay long. Don't worry. It's it's fine. It's just going to be quick. I actually wanted to just touch on, um, you know how there's this, like, you can't game on a Mac thing? Game. What, what What is that word? I'm not sure I'm familiar with game. That's like when you like kill f- food in the wild and it's like you eat it. Yeah. Close, close. If you're playing Oregon Trail, then yes. But in this instance, I am more referring to programs on your computer that are meant for fun rather than productivity or work. Hey, productivity and work is fun. Mm. You're pulling us back, Andrew. You're pulling us back in the... (laughs) So I have been playing a lot of games on my new laptop, and it has been fantastic. And I just kind of forgot that you could do that until recently. So I hooked up a PS5 controller, Bluetooth, Mac OS is just like, I know about game controllers now. I'm hip and cool. I've got a whole section in my settings for that. So that's pretty cool. And it's connected to my big monitor, and it's been just a lovely experience. Everything about new laptop is 55 thumbs up slash 286 eyeballs. So that's all I wanted to say. You can game on the Mac. It works fine. It's fun. And I'm really enjoying the portability. So there you go. Gaming on the Mac. When you talk about gaming, are you talking Apple Arcade games? Is that what you've been playing? I have played quite a few Apple Arcade games lately. Um, Ocean Horn, uh, Chronos Dungeon. I finished that one, so I've played all the Ocean Horn games now. And actually, you know, I think Apple Arcade gets a lot of crap, but there is a remarkable amount of fun games on Apple Arcade. I think people don't, I think it's just sort of dismissed because it's Apple Arcade, but there's a lot of really fun stuff on there. And if you already have it, like download a crapload of them and try them out. Don't just look at the little screenshots in the description. Just download the damn thing. It's free. Technically, if you already have Apple Arcade, you have access to the whole catalog. Download 50 games and try them out. If you don't like them, delete them. And if you do like them, yay, play them. So um, I'm here to tell you, Apple Arcade is actually pretty great. I think it's a lot of fun and I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. What would you say is your favorite Apple Arcade game that you've played so far? Oh my gosh, Martin, that question. How could you? Um, I just did. Hard hitting, as you say. uh, That's like the hardest of, of hard hitting. I'm looking through my library, looking through my library... I'm going to give you not one answer, but probably four, because that's usually how this goes. So I will say Wonderbox is is phenomenal. I love it. I will say all of the Oceanhorn games are great. I think they're a lot of fun. And if I'm going to pick a third one, even though that last one was multiple games in one, uh, there's a couple good driving games on there, actually if you're into driving games like Martin is, and then I'll go with, uh, cat quest Two. cat quest. Yep. What does that involve? It's like a, 
dungeon crawly kind of thing, but you're like a cat. It's ah, okay. Go go look. When at you it. said that, I instantly assumed it was like The Sims, but you run a cat like a Tamagotchi, and I was like, you have like a feline presence no. in your home mm. already. Is no, it, like is the real no. cat suffering? It's like like slowly starving to death while you go on a quest with another cat. No, no, <sighs> different than that. Different than that. Okay. Different. But uh, yeah, Apple Arcade. Maybe you've heard of it. It's uh, it's good. That, I like that, it. That should be Apple's marketing slogan for Apple Arcade. Maybe you've heard of it. Oh, Fantasian is really cool too. I'm a person who likes games, but never really has the time to fit them in. Partially my fault, partially, you know, family obligations and so on. So I can't actually answer what my favorite game has been because I never really play it. Part of my annoyance is actually, I think the multiplayer experience on Apple Arcade is um, not good. I think they've really thought about multiplayer in terms of multi-devices, right? So if everyone has an iPhone or an iPad and you want to play across networks or something, then you can do that. But as like, even though I don't think I'm that old, but clearly as an old man who wants to sit in the room using multiple controllers like you would with a PlayStation or an Xbox, that doesn't really exist. So if I'm going to play something like a game on Apple Arcade, I'm probably going to want to do it with family, but the setup is not particularly reliable or multifaceted enough just to get multiple controllers to talk to each other. And the games that do it, it's really, really stunted and weird or it's hard to get the kind of party room thing happening. So I suppose I'd say I've played games that I like, no standout favorite exists, and I generally leave it because I go, I'm not going to sit here and play it by myself and not be able to involve family. So to me, it kind of doesn't really realize its potential as an arcade of fun. Sorry to turn it to a dark corner, but that's my honest answer. Hmm. Can I tell you something weird that I found out about the Apple TV? What's that? The new Apple TV. I think it's the newest one, I believe. The 4K with the faster sure. processor. I think so. I think that's the one we have um, with the, the remote mm-hmm. that is silver. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and kind of thicker. Yep. So not the black one. Yes. But it's the silver one. Um, apparently, it doesn't have an accelerometer in it. No, you can't use it like the old one. I had no idea because <laughs> for whatever I, re- I had to reset our Apple TV a number of weeks ago. And for whatever reason, when I kind of started it over, cause I was trying to get it hooked up to home kit anyway, long story, doesn't matter, but I did a, just a re- reset of it and that fixed what I was having the issue with. But for whatever reason, it then decided to download mm. every app that I had ever downloaded on the Apple TV ever. Mm-hmm. So basically the entire library of Apple TV apps. And so there was a bunch of them on there that I had not looked at in years, like just like dumb bowling games and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, I haven't, I haven't played this game in like five years. I wonder if this is still fun. And I, I load it up and I'm sitting here like an idiot, like swinging the thing around. Like what the hell is, why can't I do bowling? Like what is going on here? And I was like, I, I I just I assumed like oh well the game hasn't been updated for like the new Apple TV or whatever so okay that sucks and I go online and I look and no sure enough it doesn't have a damn accelerometer in it I thought that was like the weirdest thing which I I, I guess when they sort of gave up on the everything must be able to use the Apple remote you can just use controllers which is how it should have been to begin with that was just like a stubborn thing that they were doing that they just said, well, screw it. People are going to use remote or controllers anyway, but it still just seemed kind of weird that there was no, Hey, your controller doesn't support it or something. Cause I was waving that thing around quite a bit. and It was doing nothing. But see, this is, this is one of those extra little paper cuts that shows that, and I'm saying this is an Apple TV devotee. I would not want to use a default smart TV setup. I love the Apple TV experience when it comes to things like games. Okay. Most hardcore gamers, and I'm speaking very stereotypically here, will go for something like a PlayStation or an Xbox or have something like a Switch if that's their preferred style, because they'll have their game account and all of their saved data and their campaigns. And they might do online multiplayer. You know, it could be anything from FIFA to Halo to whatever. Right. But 
when it comes to Apple TV, Apple clearly wants to sell more of these things. And the way that they can do that is say, hey, families who want to have this communal experience, particularly with young kids, maybe we've got these retro games, we've got fun family appropriate stuff, whatever it might be. And they kind of treat it like with the kind of TV profiles aside, which are still kind of clunky, they treat it as kind of like having an iPhone, like it's your TV box and it's your personal experience. The TV is not a personal area. It's generally a communal area, whether you live with another person or have a big family. It's somewhere that people sit around in the living room. So I just think there's a lot of great content on there, but it's this box that is kind of treated like the individual experience of an iPhone and maybe you can have profiles on it. But the moment you want to get people around to play with controllers, sorry, we don't give you one. Oh, wait, the remote, even though it used to be kind of crap for a lot of people, now it doesn't even work as a controller. So <clears throat> it's completely bizarre, if you ask me. Do you use profiles on the Apple TV? Because we just use mine. Like, I, I, like we have where we both have a profile. Same. But Still we just hassle. use the one for everything. Yeah, you don't need to. And if you have family sharing, this is where Apple has really thought about it very well, which is why I find it all the more con- um, all the more confusing. If you go to family sharing under the TV app and you have a spouse or a child or whatever who has their own Apple TV store or iTunes purchases, all those movies and TV shows pop up and you can just toggle between the libraries from the family sharing area. Fantastic. Look at that. Family together enjoying all their content if they want to. Make it for games and like a party vibe doesn't exist. So I think it's a bit disjointed and uh, they need to think a bit, uh, they need to think about that better. Rant over. But I will say the, uh, the stereo home pods still kicking ass. Love it. It's so good. Yeah, that's awesome. It's just the, the audio quality that we now have with these things is just, and it's, it's working. I will now screw myself by saying this, but I'm going to say it. It's working flawlessly in terms of whether it's the Apple TV that's doing the audio or switch to a PlayStation, switch to a switch to a switch, like whatever input it, it really is super, super solid. And I think I'm fairly certain when you do this setup, it's doing some other kind of connection or something like wire, the wireless connection is, I think it's something different than just like a straight up airplay. Cause it's too, reliable for it to just be like an airplane a standard airplay i think there's some kind of like special magical connection chain going on it's phenomenal i don't know anything about it but the yeah it's just it's just great so i i will for no other reason if i didn't use the apple tv for anything just having it be the thing for those two speakers totally worth it text only toolbars in your Mac, on your Mac apps. Now, I have always been, if you've got a Mac app, you know, the, the default sort of toolbar sets, you can have icons, you can have icons plus text. You can also just have text. Mm-hmm. And I've never done this, but I tried it on DevonThink because so many of the icons on DevonThink are entirely inscrutable. And it's kind of nice just having text. It just tells you what it is just there's a text thing here it says bb edit oh, okay that'll probably launch it into bb edit or or if you're andrew and it says calendar it will actually launch some other calendar app because that's that's how he rolls so it says here i've got i've got a little window open it has the the file name and then it says text it says save bb edit share zoom full screen mark label info tags inspectors that's it so right click on your toolbar Choose text only instead of icon and text or icon only and see if you like it. This should work with most uh, appropriately programmed Mac apps. I'm trying to find any app that I have that has that. Do it in mail. You can do it in the finder as an example. That's an easy one. It's kind of awesome. Is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's typically what I use or icon and text if I can, can't figure out the icons. But then it was like, well, if I can't figure out the icons, just have the text. This is actually a really interesting kind of, I suppose, philosophical user interface question because I agree with the suggestion uh, by Sarah. Is that how we're agreeing? Uh, how we're agreeing to say 
the username. Is that right? I feel like I might be mispronouncing it. Anyway, thank you, Sarah slash Sar. Um, I think it's interesting because text, right, is much clearer in its meaning in general than an icon, which is more of an abstraction, right? So you can say, oh, browsing the interface, where's the thing that I need, which would be, for argument's sake, very simply, copy. Ah, oh, there's copy, I press copy, it has been copied. Whereas if you're unfamiliar with an abstracted kind of icon, particularly if it's like save, which looks like a floppy disk, which doesn't happen anymore, that's kind of a bit of a risk of going icon only. However, the thing that I find a little bit problematic about this with modern flatter user interface design is, do any of these words have borders to show buttons? Not really. So then if you look at, for example, if I click on uh, in the finder in my downloads folder, if I go text only, you will see text as buttons. When I hover over them, I don't have any kind of uh, hovering animation, nothing changes tint. And then if I go over just to the downloads title, is that a button? Not really. And then if I look at favorites in my sidebar, is that a button? Oh no, wait, there's the toggle arrow that is as an icon next to it. So you kind of introduce an inconsistency in design, which means I found the word which is clear, but it's not clear what's a button and what isn't if you only rely on text. And I think that's a flaw or a misstep from Apple and this whole flat design ethos, right? It's not That's that, exactly what I think. Like text is could be a button. Yeah, you're right. Why is it not a button? It's just they didn't bother to code in that the button gets the text gets a hover state when it's in text only mode. Exactly. So I think this is a fantastic suggestion. I definitely think people should try it, but I think if anyone I doubt it, I mean we're not the biggest show in the world, but if anyone from Apple's listening and they go, Oh, I have some power in this if you can make buttons look like buttons or have an option for them to be that way, then you could actually have a world of just text buttons and it might be easier for some people, particularly if they have certain accessibility needs. So thank you, Sarah, for bringing up this, I suppose, important consideration. Yeah, remember when remember when interface buttons all used to be three-dimensional and you would push them and it would like press in? God, I miss those buttons. I still, I still like those buttons. And it is, a, it is a serious issue when you think about it because younger generations who don't know what certain icons mean because they have this historical reference, icons might be ambiguous to them. But then you might have older people who rely on text to understand what something means. Uh, but then, oh, wait, that's not a button. How do you know what is and what isn't? And so, there's so many icons now. Like how many, how many icons are there in that um, SF symbols set? Like thousands, right? It's too many. I can't. I can't internalize all those. Just imagine if we had a proxy icon though, am I right? Proxy icons are amazing tools of productivity. I love them. People who don't know what a proxy icon is, they are missing out and they are therefore just losing at life. Bear equals poked. Losing at life. That's an episode title, I reckon. Mail.app continues to suck. I hate it. I hate the way it deals with attachments. I hate the way it deals with threads. I hate mail.app. I mainly use fmail2 to give me a web view into fastmail. And that's a that's kind of like my daily driver these days because just mail app. Mail.app is just too frustrating. Um, but I loaded MailMate again earlier today and just remembered how good it really is. And it's especially good for if you're composing markdown mail or ma- ma- composing mail in markdown. It's a good way of doing it. Uh, so, yeah, MailMate, I own a license I bought it ages ago. I just rediscovered it. It's like, give it this a try. I think FMail is still going to be my standard because you don't really have to customize it. MailMate, you have to spend a lot of time kind of getting it right. And if you're on multiple machines, you've got to get it right each time. But, yeah, Mail.app, you suck. FMail2 for fast mail is excellent. If you don't have either of those, use Gmail or something, I guess, try MailMate. Do you guys hate Mail.app? As much as I hate it? No. No, it's fine. But the attachments, like you drag something in and it's like, it becomes this gigantic preview of the PDF in line with text. But I like that. Yeah, but then you drag something else in and it just like renders as a little icon. And then if you want to save an attachment that somebody else has sent you, it's like, where's the attachment? You can hardly see it. And then it's like a little paper clip up in the top right. And you're like, so it's so easy to miss stuff. Like I entirely missed an attachment in an email because it just didn't present it. I was like, I didn't get an attachment, but it turns out I did. Just didn't show it, make it obvious. 
It's horrendous. Look, we're here for you in this time of need, Andrew. Oh, and I should say, Outlook is not the answer because Outlook sucks even more. Electron, uh, the Electron, they're, they're talking about recoding it. I don't believe it. Outlook's garbage. It's always been garbage. Oh, boy. Ugly, horrible, disgusting app. Now, I have a question to round out the show, and it's not in the show notes because that's how I roll, you know. I was thinking, and uh, this is going to be in reference to a photo that I won't include in the show notes because it's, you know, a private family moment, but I thought it was good stimulus for a bit of a chat. Just a quick one. So uh, Natasha was visiting her grandparents, took Mac along, and she took this adorable photo of him on the lounge and basically put, and she can do this because, you know, she has the woggy background, so you can say this, put at the top, wog boy, and then did a little arrow to the multiple kind of protective layers (laughs) on the lounge uh, while he was eating. You can imagine like the plastic cover from Everybody Loves Raymond, right? Now- That made me think about all of the kind of charming things that I grew up with that my grandparents would do or different relatives and how different it was because my mother's side had this Yugoslavian or North Macedonian background and my dad's side had this kind of Anglo-Germanic Irish mix. And I remember I used to get back to my grandparents on the Yugoslavian side, right? And if it was a particularly hot day, my bubba um, that's my grandmother, was always concerned that I might get cold if I'd been sweating. So she would essentially have like a dedicated tea towel for me to put under my shirt on my back to soak said sweat <laughs> so I wouldn't get a chill. And I'm thinking, I'm a teenager, I'm fine, but thank you for your generosity. I suppose this will help me dry. Charming. I really miss that about her and uh, and my dad. They would do beautiful things like that, which are kind of funny to think about, but you know, really endearing. I wanted to ask each of you, do you have any kind of funny memories of grandparents or aunts and uncles, anyone in your family where they would do this really stereotypical thing and you just went, God, that was kind of funny or weird at the time, but I look back on that fondly. I've got a couple, the only short, the short little fragments of my grandparents. I remember yeah. I was never allowed to sit in their chairs um, at and that was kind of annoying. So, right. and I remember a couple of times I got to sit in Granddad's chair, and it was like, oh, so comfortable, so much better than the guest chair. So that was pretty cool. And then they also had would have like boiled lollies, and I'd always want one. I'd never feel like I could take one. So it sounds like they're horrible uh. people, right? So they're basically restricting me from a bunch of stuff, but they really weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I played a lot of cribbage. What is a boiled oh. lolly, Martin? So lolly, like candy or sweets, right? And boiled, sure. you know, the way it's done. But what flavors are you talking about, Andrew? Like, is this hard candy, hard lollies? Yeah, the hard ones, you know, the stripes, you know, it's like white, but then it's got red stripes through it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like tooth breaking stuff that you have to suck on until it softens. Yeah, you break your teeth, totally break your teeth. That's probably why they didn't want me to have it. They were worried about the dental bill. It's the only type of lolly that an old person would buy, but then they would not want you to have it because then it would be bad for your teeth. So, And then it would sit there in the jar for so long, it would actually, they would clump together. So it would become one giant rock candy. It's as stereotypical as going to a grandparent's house and going, oh, they have those Danish, you know, butter cookies or biscuits. <laughs> oh, it's got a sewing kit in it. I had the same kind of problem. Yeah, it, I had the same problem when you would open the freezer and go, oh, they've got the ice cream, but my grandparents would use it. To fill with piperki, like stuffed chilies <laughs> or peppers. <laughs> and on my dad's side, I remember my grandfather would say, now, Martin, don't spread the butter too much. It's not good for you, right? And just lather it on. That's what he would do. Like totally the opposite of what he told me. You know, stuff like that. We're going to get back to the Danish tin. It's blue, right? It's blue. Yep. And it has various different biscuits <laughs> in it in little doily, paper doily things. Yes. Yeah. And- Yep, the little paper yes! things. And it's always full of There's buttons. There's never yep. biscuits. In- and sewing needles and Do yarn even, and stuff. Like, yeah. Have you? Has anybody ever witnessed those actually containing biscuits? You all know the tins. Who eats the biscuits? They scoff them immediately and then put that stuff in. And then there's always also a drawer in the bottom of some piece of furniture that has multitudes of decks of cards or like cribbage things or like games never complete always partial so you have to like get six or seven of each thing to like put together one version of it 
that or like dominoes there'd be all but like three so you're like well you just sort of like pretend like you have those ones so yeah that every every house i i feel like must have those things every grandparents house that is yeah so did you have a personal example or anecdote jason something that's triggered in your mind all of those i mean just those things i was just mentioning as you were talking about them those all were like spot on which i think is funny that that is <laughs> a clearly a worldwide thing just everyone just human nature is to do that that is what we do we get cookies throw the cookies away fill it full of buttons and like go about our day um the only other thing i can think of is there was also always um there's there was always a uh not a toolbox but like a like a cabinet kind mm. of thing in the garage full of like just dangerous shit that was never locked up. So there'd just be like saws and screws and just all this rusty shit that would be the most fun to play with when you found it and you were always told not to go in there, but you always went in there anyways. Cause like the only thing stopping you was like a little, like one of those little bread, you know, the little wires uh, that like have the paper on them that you like close the bread bag it'd have like one of those through like two hoops or something to like close it and yeah that was i loved that cabinet never got tetanus that i know of but it sure was great well look message for the kids if there are saws in your grandparents garage have at it but then go to grandma's martin's grandma because she'll have a little tea towel that she could dab the blood away with yeah <laughs> put on your back yeah exactly yeah exactly (laughs) that's what it's for that's been a tight tight 105 good point to stop three no no it's not my job Whoa, whoa, slow. <sighs> you get, you create four <laughs> panels of yourself in yellow, and all of a sudden you think you get to do the countdown. It's gone like, to his head. Wow. You might as well just say, like, don't worry, I do the countdown now. That should be your tagline. All right, here we go. In three, two, one, stop. <laughs>